what does a pharmacist do? Well, most people might answer that a pharmacist dispenses the medications that my doctor prescribes. Now, I work with a ton of great pharmacists, and one thing that I don't generally see is excitement about pills in a vial. And this is probably because pharmacists have been trained to do so much more. So what can you get excited about in your community? To find out, let's go Beyond the Scripts. Hey, welcome back to Beyond the Scripts. I'm your host, Will Tuft, the Director of Education at Pioneer Rx. And one of the things that I love about doing this podcast, and I always tell all of my friends that are in the industry and outside the industry, is how cool it is that I get to talk to pharmacists that are really kind of you know, changing the industry and practicing at the top of their license and really at the top of the uh, top of the game. So it's always really neat. I always make the uh, comparison that if pharmacists had trading cards, these would be some of the, you know, the cards that you want to have in your collection because these guys are just uh, amazing, putting up great stats and really helping their communities. It's not often that I get to have a guest that actually has been in uh, collector cards and memorabilia. <laughs> so uh, welcome, TW, uh, from Williamsburg Drug. Uh, going to have a, a bit of a conversation today about uh, all things automotive, NASCAR, and pharmacy. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Quite so, a background. Yeah, that was one of the, the really uh, interesting things that caught me uh, when I started uh, looking into your background and looking into your research. Actually, I saw that picture behind you. And uh, I said, what is that? And I started doing some research and um, found that that was uh, that car may have been uh, seen if you guys were watching NASCAR in the early '90s. Uh, that was in what was it, the '93 Winston Cup Open? Yeah, ran the Winston Cup Open. Uh, ran my first Winston Cup race in Talladega in '92, I think. Um, I had ran an ARCA car there. We were very fast, and a Winston Cup team approached me, and I went to the coach, and he gave me my Winston Cup driver's license. And I uh, had to do some things, of course, but we I got the license and uh, the plane behind me has an interesting story as well. It was my uh, the, the plane we used for my race team. I'm also a pilot. And um, that plane was it belonged to Mario Andretti and he sold it to Kale Yarborough and I bought it from Kale. So oh, wow. <laughs> quite the story. Yeah. That is neat because uh, – so I, I went there and looked at some of the rosters for the races that you were in. And uh, I'm not a huge NASCAR fanatic, but enough of a uh, you know casual observer that you know I could recognize these major names like Sterling Martin and Dick Trickle and Jeff Gordon and Kenny Wallace and Dale Earnhardt, Kyle Petty. So to share that same uh, stage is quite, uh, quite a feather in your cap. It was fun. It was fun. I was definitely not on their level, but it was nice to get get in the show anyway. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, that's the the best of the best. So, are you uh, are you a car guy still, or um, are you more of a competition guy that and that happen to be cars? Uh, kind of both. Um, I don't really have a lot of cars anymore. Um, I, I do still fly. I have a, a twin engine Cessna that I fly a lot, and um, I enjoy that. Um, uh, I may start doing a little bit of driving. I have some friends that are racing at some of the road courses like VIR and stuff. So uh, I've been invited to do a little of that. So we'll see. Yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. There's quite a few of the the pharmacists that I talk to that do some road course racing. Even uh, a couple of guys on here. Actually, uh, one of the guys in uh, kind of a similar path who's really big into uh, functional medicine, Josh Remini, is also a uh, road course guy. Well, it's good to test your limits, you know, to see what you can do. And um, that's always fun. Yeah, it's it's one of those things that I, I feel like if you're high performing and, and levels of your personal life, it's probably going to trickle over into whatever industry you find yourself in. Um, so that is a unique crossover on I, I found an actual uh, memorabilia card, an actual like playing card uh, tops, you know, collector card on the back. It had a, a brief uh, biography and, and mentioned that at the time you were actually a, a pharmacist somewhere. So uh, I guess you were doing those simultaneously. So um, tell me a little bit about how you got into pharmacy when uh, when you weren't racing cars. Were you uh, racing the delivery car, the local pharmacy? <laughs> I, I grew up out in the country and, you know, 
you know, I guess if you grew up up north, you play hockey. Well, you know, in our area, everybody race cars. And so um, yeah. I kind of grew up in that atmosphere and um, some famous race car drivers like Lenny Pond. And uh, they used to have a bunch of guys in Richmond, Virginia, uh, you know, Ray Hendricks won hundreds and hundreds of races and stuff and Sonny Hutchins and these people. And so they were kind of my idols growing up. And um, and I got I got to racing as a hobby and it kept progressing. Uh, at the same time, I owned a couple of pharmacies and a home care company that I had started. And the home care company, we did everything from babies on ventilators at home uh, to TPN, chemos, um, uh, you know, PCA pumps. And so it was quite involved. We did pressurized systems for BPD babies. Uh, we did AIDS, uh, a lot of AIDS stuff. Uh, we did air slash contaminating back in the early days and um, even blood transfusions at home. We were, my home care company was a, um, the first uh, home care company accredited in the state of Virginia by Joint Commission. And so um, always been on cutting the edge. Um, kind of got out of pharmacy when I was, got really into racing. Uh, raced for a few years. I ended up running the airport I was at. And then um, my brother, my nephew and I got back into the pharmacy business. And then, um, then I ended up buying these stores in Williamsburg. And so, uh, have really in, enjoyed being in for, I guess, the third time. And, uh, <laughs> and and so here what happened was is that I would have patients that would come in and they're getting their drugs. And then I'm given another drug for the last drug. And, and today's medicine primarily treats sickness. They, it, it doesn't keep you healthy. It just waits till you're sick and treats you. Um, example is I have a friend that uh, said his doctor wrote eight plus on his labs. So I said, let me see him. And the very first lab was his fasting blood glucose. It was 119. Well, he's pre-diabetic and they're just going to wait till it's 125 and give him metformin. And that's today's medicine. And and then so when you're giving them the PPIs or whatever, they're, they're causing deficiencies. So you don't feel well. And so it became our job is to fix the deficiency so that your metabolic pathways work correctly. And then generally you don't need drugs. Yeah. So how do you, how do you think that came to be? Is that one of those things where a, you know, it comes down to insurance, it comes down to payment models where until you reach a certain threshold, it's not a problem. And then all of a sudden it's payable. Now we, you know, now we can throw an ICD 10 code at it or, you know, do you, do you think it's, um, you know, just an oversight? Where, where does that, how, how does that happen in healthcare? Um, well, my opinion is, is that today's medicine is set up to operate just like it's doing. One disease, one drug. The average physician gets 30 minutes of nutritional uh, education during his whole career. And so, uh, as Hippocrates said 2,000 years ago, food is medicine and medicine is food. Today's American diet, you eat an average of three pounds of sugar a week. Uh, it's highly inflammatory. Today's wheat is short stock wheat, has nine times more gluten. So it's very inflammatory to your gut. So what's happening is, is that the nutritional value of food, to give you an example, uh, and I have all this documented. Uh, we had a, uh, a talk to a guy that he's a PhD in, uh, in minerals, just minerals. And if you bought an apple in 1914, in 1992, to get the same nutritional value, you have to eat 26 because the soils are so depleted. Same thing with vitamin C and spinach, vitamin A and beef. All these uh, soils are depleted. So even if you try to eat right or eat organic, you're still not getting the nutritional molecules you need in the pathways. And kind of how I got here is, I would have uh, a woman come in and uh, she'd be postmenopausal. We would do a saliva, ZRT saliva test. I knew exactly where the hormones were. We would communicate with the doc. We'd make the perfect uh, hormone replacement plan. And in two weeks, we'd check on her and she was worse. Made no sense. And so what, what we would find out is, is that we had to fix the deficiencies, whether it was adrenal fatigue or whether it was a B vitamin deficiency. So, you know, like us guys, if you're giving a guy testosterone and he doesn't have boron and vitamin D and zinc and all these other uh, supplements that you need in the metabolic pathway, it won't work right. 
And so you don't get to utilization. And um, a great example is a Krebs cycle. Every cell in your body has to make its own energy. If you don't have all the nutritional molecules in each place in the Krebs cycle it needs to be, your mitochondria are going to work as well. And so that's how we got started into it, and it just kept going. So now we have a phlebotomist on staff. We do urine stool and saliva testing. Uh, Dr. Jamie Reed is a full fellow in functional medicine through A4M, and her entire job is to see patients. Like today, she's here seeing patients, and she'll see six patients a day. Uh, we charge $225 an hour to consult, and that's probably too cheap. And um, you know, we talk about ICD-10 codes. Today's practitioner is being yelled at because they did not get all this ICD-10 modifiers or CPTOs correct. And if they saw 25 people today, they want to know what you can do to see 30 tomorrow because it's some right. of medicine. And pharmacists are in the perfect position. We see the patient average of 30 sometimes a year. When they walk in, we should be the wellness center for them. We should be developing. Most people want a retirement plan which means a financial retirement plan. We should be developing them a health retirement plan so when they get to be retirement age, whatever that is, they're their healthiest. Um, the most important currency in life is your health. And your patients are either working on staying healthy now or they'll be forced to work on the illness later. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely one of those things that um, you kind of don't even think about until um, it's too late until there's a problem, you know, until you start hurting. <laughs> um, you know, the uh, uh, fact you mentioned about the apples is really interesting, too. I think that's something a lot of people overlook. And it's probably like even scarier than global warming, but just the uh, the, the world's topsoil issue uh, with single crop farming is really kind of scary. And, you know, how mass food production has changed the quality of our uh, – our food over the years and even food that, you know, we think that we're kind of eating healthy because it's marketed healthy. You know, these are sun chips. They're healthy, right? Uh, <laughs> or these, uh, you know, granola bars that are packed full of sugar and, and all that stuff. Um, and then you, uh, you also mentioned something interesting about the gluten because, you know, the argument is we've been eating bread forever and nobody's ever had gluten allergies, but it's not necessarily the, uh, the, the same thing. So it, it seems like you've really taken a lot of just the uh, the diet concerns that, you know, we should be thinking about and, and we're probably not, uh, most of us, uh, into account and then taken that even further by, you know, breaking that down and showing showing the proof. So where did uh, where did you start that process? Like at what point did you say – that this needs to be part of our business because it seems like early on you were doing that even uh, before racing. You mentioned you were in some really interesting specialty areas that back then you didn't necessarily have to be. Reimbursements were pretty good back then. You could have made a good living fill and bill, but you were really looking at those those uh, more complicated scenarios. And and the difference now is is that. You know, we always thought you know, 30 years ago, the profit margins were bad and 20 years ago, they were bad and 10 years ago and they're worse and they're worse today than ever. So how can you build a cash business? If I have a cash patient, that patient and my relationship is up to me to win or lose. So if I do, if I give that patient, that that client value for their money, then they were willing to pay me that value. Now, that's a relationship that can't be broken. It's not a third party and somebody between us that's going to dictate to me what I'm going to get paid. Now, I have the opportunity to build a patient base that's sustainable for my pharmacy using the prescriptions and the patients that are already in my door. So my goal in this past year was almost 40% gross profit. How many pharmacies do you know that run at close to a 40% gross profit? Not uh, too many. Probably not many. Yeah. yeah, not many. I mean, maybe some a few compounding only guys can do it, but not many. And so uh, we have the opportunity as pharmacists, and to kind of put a final point on it, the average GNC sells $508,000 worth of supplements a year. 
their profit margins are huge. I mean, we don't sell any supplements that's less than 50% gross margin. So at 50% of 500,000, that's 250,000 a year. Now GNC is selling it to your patients. The pharmacist is listening to this thing. They're selling to your patients now and you don't even know about it. Why aren't you selling them professional grade supplements? You can't sell nature's made of windmill, not I'm putting them down, but they're not professional third party tested supplements. People like orthomolecular robotics research, um, designs for health is excellent. Um, these are high quality. So when you sell it to a patient, it will work. Uh, to give you a good example, I had a guy come in, he was a, he was a retired PA. He knew that he had some problems. We did an intercellular micronutrient test for him. And he said, I know my Q, CoQ10 level is excellent because I've been taking that QNOL that's advertised on TV that has the best absorption. This CoQ10 level is in the toilet. And so you have to, if it's sold on TV, it's probably not good. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. so here's an opportunity. And you got to remember, GNC has got a three-week wonder reading a script that's selling these. You are the professional. And so when you look at what's available to us, we should become the wellness centers for our patients, and they will pay you for it. And I know I hear this all the time. You don't understand. My patients won't pay. They won't pay the $2 copay. They, uh, they're not going to spend any money uh, on their health. Well, the deal is they will. And I know they will because they do it with me. And so uh, now let's let's look at it a little differently. If you have 3,000 active patients in your Pioneer system today, and I consider an active patient that somebody has bought a prescription in the last probably 120 days, and you asked 100% of those 3,000 patients, would they like to become their healthiest? And you're going to help them optimize their health through these mechanisms that we do could be with some testing. It could be with just the top six or so supplements that people need. You can start wherever you want. And those six people spend an average of $300 a month. And they will. That is a thousand, a dollars a year at 50% profit. How does that look for your pharmacy? And the scenario I just gave you, you asked 3,000 people and you got 90% no's, only 10% yeses. So you can't be afraid of getting a no. And your goal should be to give that patient a customer experience. Customer service means I smiled at you and said, thank you for your business. Customer experiences, when they leave, they don't remember what you said or did. They remember how you made them feel. And if you're there helping that person become their healthiest, they're optimizing their health, and you're fixing their gut, you're getting their, you know, vitamin D, just vitamin D alone. If you get a woman's vitamin D level to be maintained above 50, which is not optimized, by the way, it's just above 50, they have a 50% less chance of having breast cancer. I mean, this time of year, every pharmacist should be selling vitamin D. A rule of thumb is 45 international units per pound and give it with vitamin K2. I mean, easy peasy. Vitamin D3 is 85% more absorbable. So it's a really easy way for pharmacists to increase their sales and help your patients, which is your job. And I think after you know this information, it's really malpractice not to. Yeah. So every single patient that walks in the door is spending their money on things that align with their value system. So whether their their core values, you know, are triggered by um, you know things that you know going out to nice restaurants, or if they're you know a collector of something, or whatever their value system is, uh, they're spending money. So how do you how do you get that patient on board with understanding that you know how how do you bring their health? into that ring of, uh, of their core values enough to tap into uh, their financial pie? Great question. And, um, and so you have to remember as a pharmacist, your job is to help your patients optimize your health. Your job is not to fill prescriptions. That just happens to be part of it. So you should be able to fill prescriptions, do testing, do uh, supplements, 
uh, you know, explain to them, you know, the importance of exercise. So you have this whole range of things that you can do for your patients. And these people are willing to spend the money to do that. Now, not all of them are, but enough of them that is, there's bazillions out there. And you have to remember, people spend money on what they want to, not what they have to. If I go to the doctor and they say, you got high blood pressure, you got diabetes, here's your pill. Well, that's a have to. I didn't want to hear I was sick. I don't want to pay for it. My insurance should do it. But if they want to buy organic and spend three times as much for it, they do it. I have patients that benefit so much from CBD for like neuropathies or something or Parkinsonism that they're willing to spend the money and they're on Medicaid. They give something else up to do it. And, uh, and so people will do it when they have the need to. And I believe, and, and this is crucial for me and how I operate. When you come in and we, and you get in our system, we want to test, treat, test. So test, therapy, test. Therefore, I can prove to you the time, money, and effort you spent, you're healthier. And that's the cornerstone of everything we do. So if I'm not getting success for you, you shouldn't be paying me. And we even offer their money back. I even, and to give you some really great examples, uh, I have a friend of mine a few years ago, is a physician here in town. He's uh, a well-known ENT doc on cutting edge, just a super guy. He was 48 at the time, he's thin, and he's got metabolic disease. So that means he has blood pressure, cholesterol, and blood sugar problems. He has a personal trainer and is wearing a Dex Dexcom 6 and is eating correctly. All of his symptoms are getting worse. He's doing everything that medicine is telling him to do. And he tells me he feels like he is doomed. I'm going to lose my legs by the time I'm 70. And I said, man, you got to let me test you. So we, we finally arranged to draw his blood and did an intercellular, micro, uh, intercellular micronutrient test. And we did this one through SpectraCell. We use Fiber in America as well. And it came back that he was either deficient or borderline deficient in 11 of the 15 nutritional molecules you need to process glucose. I mean, that's pretty bad. Mm -hmm. We put him on all 11. And in uh, six days, he told me his blood sugar was normal according to his Dexcom 6. And his next A1C was 4.9. No longer a diabetic. And the reason was he did not have the tools for his body to do its job. And, you know, uh, if you're MTHFR and you're, you know, you have a, a heterohomozygous on one of the two SNPs, you cannot process and methylate. And so if you can't methylate, those pathways will not work. And so your body will do workarounds until you get a cane and you get disease. A good example is scurvy. If a person has scurvy and you replete them with vitamin C, what happens? You reverse the disease. And just think about that. We have the chance as pharmacists to not only stop, but do some disease reversal by giving their body the tools back they need. And I think this is huge for us pharmacists. Uh, the opportunities are just astronomical. 40% um, of our business now, a little over 40% is cash. Uh, and the average nationwide is what, 5%? So it, the opportunities are huge here for us. And it's a matter of giving the person the value for their money and they're willing to pay for it. And I, I also like to give perspective. You know, when you talk about deficiencies, what does that mean to me? So if you, let's look at it like this. If you knew how long a million seconds is, that's 11.57 days. A billion seconds is almost 32 years. So when you say million and billion, they're nothing alike. A, right. trillion, a trillion seconds is 32,000 years. So even though millions, billions, and seconds roll off your tongue like they're the same, they are nothing alike. 12 days, 32 years, 32,000 years. And it's the same thing with, with what we're doing. A single deficiency, just like the example with scurvy, a single deficiency can cause disease and repletion can reverse it. So the opportunities we have, PPIs deplete B12, they deplete magnesium, 
85% of the people in the country are magnesium deficient. These are things that it's your duty to step up and fix. And um, so that's why we do what we do and the results for our patients. I mean, uh, I had a, I was working as a pharmacist the other Saturday and I happened to uh, see a lady looking at the supplements and I went to ask her to help her. And she was getting some very specific things that the average person off the street probably wouldn't be looking for. And I said, oh, sure. you must, yeah. I said, maybe they'd done some research, huh? Well, they could have, but in this yeah, case. Yeah, maybe done some Google. <laughs> <laughs> Google doctor, yeah. So in this case, they had seen Dr. Reed, our pharmacist that does consults. Okay. As soon as she said that, she burst out into tears, just sobbing. And I said, are you okay? She says, yeah. She saved my life as the only person that actually helped me. And, and let me tell you how important this is. Talking about Dr. Google, I had a lady come in. And she came to the counter. I was there and she said, um, I, I saw Dr. Google that I have symptoms of thyroid disease. I went to my doctor and he told me my thyroid was perfect, but I still had the same symptoms. And I said, well, make an appointment, come in, let us draw your blood. So we did all of our process with her. She's paid for a consult. And when we did her thyroid, her TSH was perfect. But we did a T3, a first T3, T4, TBO antibodies, thyroid binding globulin. So we got the whole picture. Her TBO antibodies was 206. She's got Hashimoto's disease, and that was the problem. And so today's medicine is a similar line, get them in, get out, do a TSH and move on. And here we're able to now get her on a low-carb, uh, gluten-free diet. TBO antibodies went down. Everything went back to normal. So I mean, it's great. Let's let's talk a little bit about how you how you started that because now you're really deep into you know an established practice that's doing these things well for a pharmacy that's not uh, you know that's that's not offering any of those testing services. At some point, uh, you had to see that man, we're treating diabetes the same way we're treating scurvy as a one to one in a much more complex system. Um, you know, I'm going to take these steps with this patient. What, what was that kind of that, that first, that first step? And then did you start with a patient or did you start with a prescriber and, and say, here's what I want to do. Here's, here's what I'm thinking. Do you want to work with me on this? You know, how did you get started in that? Um, I guess it evolved over time <laughs> and we made lots of mistakes and sure. so, uh, and to, to, get, to get to where we are now, uh, if I was advising, let's say that a pharmacy out there says, I want to, to get into, you know, helping my patients optimize their health. What I would do is have them pick a couple of uh, very important supplements and learn those and just start there uh, and start building up slowly because it's a, you know, it's like eating an elephant. You got to have one bite at a time. And so, um, and the other thing I like to, to impress upon all my fellow pharmacists is what are you willing, you only have a hundred percent of your time. So what are you doing today that you're going to give up to get something more later? Or you can give up a Sunday afternoon in golf and do some podcasts to learn some of this stuff. Uh, are, are you willing to, to spend some money to train your staff to do this? Um, what are you willing to do? And other, to come out the other side with something greater than you have now. And that's the first step is that you got to have the right mindset that you're gonna actually going to do something. Yeah. Uh, and put the resources, time, money, or both to it. Then if you just pick a few of the major things, everybody needs to be on nitric oxide. Probably you can test them in your store with a saliva test. It's very easy. And that goes back to my therapy, you know, test, therapy, test. So I test you, I treat you with nitric oxide, I retest you and show you that your levels are now the way they should be. And so nitric oxide is a foundational molecule to vein health. And vein health is everything. It's every cell in your body has to get its nutrients, uh, oxygen, get the trash out. If it's not happening, then your body is not optimized. 
And as you get older, you make less nitric oxide. The L-arginine pathway doesn't work as well. Uh, people that use mouthwash kills the good bacteria that makes the enzymes to utilize nitric oxide. So you can jump in with just nitric oxide, get patients off of blood pressure medicines, uh, people that the PD-5s are not working for, generally it's because they're nitric oxide deficient, uh, vitamin D, fish oil, magnesium, um, zinc, these off the top of my head are just great places to start. And you don't have to start with that many, just start with one or two and help your patients become healthier. And, um, and the reward, from that, it's just tremendous. You can do a blood spot in your pharmacy to do omega-3 levels, uh, uh, A1Cs, uh, all that stuff is, is available to you right now and your patients will pay for it. Yeah, so would that be like starting out with the, like the SpectraCell micronutrient test, something of that nature, or? That's, that's a little bit advanced. Um, okay. I would probably start with just some simple blood spots. You can do a okay. finger stick, send off, get a vitamin D level back. I mean, nice and simple. Uh, your patients would like to know, would you like to know your vitamin D level, Will? I'll be happy to test it for you. Have results in a few days. We'll know how to dose you for your vitamin D so we can optimize it. And vitamin D does 300 and some things in your body. Um, and, and it helps to even prevent cancer and Alzheimer's. So it's an important one. So why wouldn't a patient want to do that? And so I think it's $39, uh, $40 for, to do the test. You make a little something on it, and then you get the personal vitamin D, and they'll take it from now on. So at that point, would you be looking at specific disease states or medications for, for vitamin D, for example, or uh, would, would it be really anybody with chronic illness? Both. Because, um, as you know, during COVID, vitamin D was essential. People that had a good vitamin D level did not get COVID or did not get it as bad just by vitamin D levels. Interesting. So when you have a new patient come into the pharmacy, is that part of the kind of patient onboarding? This is, this is how we do things at Williamsburg. We like to get some baseline tests to know how to best help you. And then that initial chronic disease state or uh, that initial prescription is going to open the door just to build that relationship and offer all of those services. Then that prescription that you may have had, you know, a dollar uh, profit on now is potentially leading to a $40 uh, point of sale test or uh, point of care test or uh, something you send off, or is that, uh, you know, just a over-the-counter supplement? But either way, both of those are going to have, you know, much higher profit margins and then build that stickiness with the patient as well. Exactly, exactly. So, you, it, again, it's how do you run your pharmacy? Do you have a huddle every morning? Do you make sure everybody is on the same page? Are you giving them training? So, like vitamin D is a great example. Let's say the person wants to get tested, great. If they don't want to get tested, give them 45 international units per pound, give them vitamin K2 with it. Uh, that's usually five or 10,000 units. Uh, give that to them. And uh, your, now your staff knows to ask all the patients, you know, especially this time of year, you know, how's your vitamin D level? Uh, same thing with almost all the, the stuff that we're doing. If they come and get a prescription for a PPI and they've been on it for 20 years, hey, you have any leg cramps or muscle twitches? Those are all magnesium deficiencies caused by your PPI. And so you can start out with these questions and just, and let me tell you, if you ask a patient about their diseases, they will tell you. <laughs> They'll be happy sure. to tell you. They will vomit information on you. And so just ask and then yeah. uh, let them tell you, and then you can get them involved in a conversation. And, and if they're interested in you helping them, fine. If not, you just educated them some. So, uh, and like you said, let's say that um, you sold five supplements, whether it's uh, anything from CBD to zinc to fish oil or whatever it is, you know, it could be probiotics. And you sold, uh, let's say, five or people a day, just five people a day, and they, they average $250 or $200 worth of sales. Well, if it averaged two hundred worth of sales, you're, you're talking about adding about twenty two thousand to twenty five hundred dollars to your bottom line that month, 
And those people will come back and repeat by next month. So now you're, you're building. So 2000 this month, 3000 next month, 4000 next month. So you're, it's a, because it, not everybody's going to stay on. They all forget to buy. But as time goes on, it keeps building. And so, uh, I mean, we, we're hundreds of thousands of dollars a month in non-prescription sales. So if you, you go through the, the process with the patient to onboard them, to educate, to ask questions uh, and really see what's, you know, uh, that, that patient is experiencing and how he can help. Uh, what happens next month when they come in for a refill and how do you make sure that that's not a a one one and done um, sale on that um, supplement that you sold them. How do you make sure that you continue that therapy with the patient? Perfect. That's a perfect question, Will. So think about this. What is the first person a person is going to say when they come back in and they they took their vitamin D? They're going to go, I didn't feel any different. How do I know it's really working? Well, this is where you can all, all from the test if they didn't get tested before. And um, and you can say, well, I can show you that you are better because you did this if you'd like to do this test. And that's why I believe so strongly in test therapy test. And it's actually teaching. It should be a fourth T in there because you're teaching them how to be healthy. Again, your job should be to develop a health retirement plan so that the person is has the ability to stay or become as healthy as it can. So, for instance, if you're a nanny, I want to help you become your best nanny. If you're 50 and you're overweight and you have some bad habits and you're, you know, I want to help you fix those things so that you can be your best 60 and 70. And, um, and if that becomes our attitude, then it's more than just, you know, here's your prescription and here's the side effects. Because you got to remember, not only is the food depletions a huge problem but the medical the drug depletions is also mm -hmm. huge and so you're depleting the people two ways not one and this is i think a golden opportunity for independent pharmacy i believe this so strongly that i would be willing to bet you if you could, if we could get the 20 or and get us to 30,000 independents, you can go to people like Amazon and say, which is by the way, spending well over a hundred million a month in sick care. They call it healthcare, but it's sick care. Mm. They would pay you to keep their people healthy. You could provide health and they'd be happy to pay you. You gotta remember Amazon and Berkshire Hathaway went together and spent billions of dollars to try to get their, their employees healthier so they could work better. And guess what? It failed miserably. So they would, these companies would be more than happy to pay you and because the insurance companies are working off of data. So if you have a pool of 15 in your pharmacy and you send it in, they're going to come back. You don't, they don't have any data, so the actuaries are going to have worst-case scenario. But if you could prove to them just one thing, that all of them's vitamin D levels above 50, I think 75 or 80 is optimal. But if it's above 50, now they can use that, that in the actual tables to get you better rates. So it, the opportunities for us pharmacists are just so huge. I mean, there's so many, I can't take advantage of all of them. I, you've got to mm. pick, pick and choose and get it down to the two or three things that you can really execute and execute on, on those. Yeah. So it sounds like that is definitely something that um, you guys have expanded over the years. You know, if you uh, go to the uh, uh, Williamsburg website, you guys have quite a few different tests that you've grown into now. Uh, you have some staff members who are really focusing on that, which goes back, I guess, to what you said is, you know, what what commitment are you willing to make to, to make that a reality uh, rather than just something you're excited about talking about doing maybe later? <laughs> what, what, yeah. what business are you in, right? Are you in a health yeah. business or a sick business? Yeah. Well, what's interesting too is that, you know, uh, so many pharmacies right now are struggling because reimbursements are low and, and they're looking for ways to help their bottom line. And this really seems like uh, a win-win opportunity to better serve your patients uh, and go into the pharmacy excited about 
uh, what you're doing every day. I mean, the, uh, the, the energy level and the, uh, the passion is, is a lot different in this conversation than it is talking about, you know, uh, DIR fees for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Well, just think about it. If every independent just on the antibiotic patients sold them some Saccharomyces boulardii, it's about, I use bikes research. It's about $22 a bottle. I can sell that to them, make 11. That's more than I made on the prescription. And I help the patient because one out of nine get diarrhea, one out of 28 get C. diff. So you're able to prevent those things. And so it's a really, these are simple things that your staff can do. And bag stuffers usually get thrown away. So if you um, make a personal note, Ms. Jones, please ask me about a probiotic TW. That's what I put on the bag, write it on there hand by hand. And then uh, I had a lady the other day that called back and was pissed because we didn't call her and send the probiotic with it on the delivery. Mm. Why did you, why did she, so then we had to go back to take it because my staff didn't call them. And so uh, that shows you how um, successful these little things are. Yeah. So um, we talked a little bit about um, kind of your, your processes before we started recording on, you know, your monthly med sync and your uh, adherence packaging how have you found that that adherence packaging can help you link those uh, over-the-counter sales over time? Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's the big new project that we just started a month, about a month ago. So uh, you know that nationally, if you're getting a statin, most patients have it filled maybe eight times a year. So you're missing refills. And so we try and do all this compliance stuff to get people to not miss the refills, right? Mm. Can you imagine how poorly compliance is with supplements? Because they all run it at different times. You, this bottle you take, you know, it runs out in six weeks, this one in four weeks, that one in three months. And so it's hard to, even me at the pharmacy, forgetting to get them on the way home and I ran out of one of them. So compliance packaging for supplements, I think is perfect because now what I do is, if they sign up for compliance packaging, we give them a 10% discount, that's the only time we discount supplements. And I do that so that they will be encouraged to get a box. Now, we happen to use the Uyama 3, Latria 3. And um, it actually puts a stripe that color codes it. So for morning, evening, night, mm-hmm. and at noon. So uh, now we send them a 28-day box. And so a couple of days before the box runs out, uh, well, actually, probably a week before we call them, and then a couple of days before we rerun it and send it to them. So they never run out. The box shows up, and then they uh, are all in order. So they can just tear their little strip off and take the morning or take a week's worth on vacation. And um, and we're really excited about that. The other thing that allows us to do is now go back to the manufacturers. Instead of buying bottles of 30 or whatever they come in, I can buy a bag of 5000 get a discount from them that I don't have to pay us along that increases our profit margins. So it's some real winner ways to win in this. Yeah. So it, it sounds like at that point, you're also taking it off of the point of sale clerk's plate and bringing it back to the bench. Uh, because at, at that point, you're putting it in the system as a prescription. Uh, you're able to account for that in their regiment and interactions and, and all of those things. But then again, make sure month after month they're consistently taking those medications. I, I mean, it's a win, win, win. You can't beat it. Interesting. So, yeah, I, I know a lot of pharmacies that are finding different ways to trigger that point of sale reminder. You know, if you add a, a medication as a um, other other drug, other medication on the patient's profile, you can set that reminder at the point of sale. But I love that idea of actually buying bulk, stocking it like any other medication, and then, you know, having that consistent, which also allows you to lower the price for the patient because you're not going through the point of sale packaging and everything from the manufacturer. That's a really interesting angle that I haven't encountered yet, and I like that. Uh, it's fun. And uh, as I've gotten deep into this, I found some ways to really make it work. I, I'm also working with – I'm on the board for POA, and uh, we're going to start rolling some of the sites so that other pharmacists can do similar things, um, and we can give them their support to do it. 
And it's just so important. Every Thursday morning, we've been doing a webinar to pharmacists around the country. It's about 600 and some on our on our uh, email sheet. And um, and it's been really worthwhile because we we train. We had uh, Dr. Hill uh, in South Dakota, Sioux Falls. He is world renowned on omega on fish oil. He gave us a six part series and we've got it saved. Uh, we had um, uh, uh, Norbert, uh, doctor, he's a doctor from AT&T that's an expert on minerals and get a six part series on minerals. It was fascinating. Linus Pauling says that you can trace every disease back to deficiencies in minerals and vitamins. Wow. And um, I mean, I, that's how powerful this stuff is. And that's why I gave the example of a million, billion and trillion is that what deficiency is keeping you from being your best? A great example of this, that is diabetics have trouble with circulation. The reason they have trouble with circulation is as they get older, they have less nitric oxide. And as your insulin levels go up and your uric acid levels go up, either or both, it decreases your nitric oxide level. And that's the reason they end up having vein problems and they're not able, you know, they lose their, their circulation. So now if every cell is not getting the correct amount of blood flow, it can optim be optimized. And so this is a perfect thing for every patient to be on. It affects every system and organ in your body. Um, and that's and an easy one because you can test for it. Yeah. So are, are those typically... Um individual supplements or do you have a a multi-supplement that you recommend for most of your patients uh nitric oxide we use several different things it depends on the person to give you a good example i have a friend that's a diabetic that he was using a nitric oxide supplement but he it didn't work and the reason that it didn't work was he was using mouthwash so we got him off the mouthwash and his level came up a little bit but not like it should have so then I, I found that he was using fluoride toothpaste and fluoride by uh, it stops the bacteria from being able to produce the organ, the enzymes it needs to convert nitrates to nitrites and all these things that has to happen. So uh, he didn't want to give up fluoride toothpaste because uh, he has bad teeth and he was afraid of that, which was another conversation. So we ended up put, giving him lozenges that he could suck on, and that made a big difference for him and got his nitric oxide levels up. And so, again, diabetics, us guys are going to end up with some ED issues, and I, that should be the first sign that you have a venous problem. Your arteries are getting clogged because you're having bad blood flow. Uh, and so uh, and all these things are related. You don't you, know, you pick up a stick, you pick up both ends. So all these are related. When something happens, it's causing something else to happen. And yeah. you get to do you get to do some really creative stuff. Uh, once you get involved in this, the, it just opens up a whole world of opportunities. Uh, men's health, we're doing a ton of ton for men's health and uh, some fascinating things you can do. Of course, we have a pretty good sized compounding uh, operation. We're PCAB accredited. And, um, and so we do a ton of compounding in conjunction with the supplements. And therefore, I think that you were rounding out all the, the tools you need. And sometimes you do need prescriptions. And so we're able to round that out and uh, make it worthwhile for our patients. Yeah. So do you have like a uh, kind of a standardized questionnaire that you go through with each patient when they when they onboard so that you know kind of which direction to go? Because it, it seems like it could be uh, a little overwhelming. There's so, so many avenues. hundred uh, percent. So now you're really drilling down. So we have two systems in place. We actually have three systems in place. One is you really want to dive in. So you will see Dr. Reed, she'll send you a questionnaire. It's called a NutriQ. It has over 300 questions, but it's pretty easy to do. Uh, you'll schedule an appointment, send her all your labs if you have any, and she'll do an initial uh, a visit with you and come up with a plan for you based on your budget and what your diseases and you know we're trying to fix. Uh, but let's say that you're pretty healthy. You just kind of want to get a baseline of how healthy you are. Then we have a program that's just a few dollars, $10 a month or something. You can come in and we'll put you through a battery of about eight simple tests 
that you can do like a vitamin D level and a, a nitric oxide or pH, just some simple things, blood pressures, blood sugars. Uh, so we can get a baseline of where you are and then we can retest you and give you supplements based on your test results. That's nice and simple. Or you can just do a la carte, you know, help somebody with your vitamin D, help them with the nitric oxide, help them with fish oil, omega-3 test. Uh, those are three really great ones because they're critical to good health. Um, you know, everybody needs good, you know, if you have a good fish oil level, it, you know, it's great for your vein health. It's uh, anti-inflammatory and inflammation is the enemy. Uh, inflammation that goes up and stays up is, is what uh, it, is the basis for a lot of these diseases. Yeah. Um, and again, that's going to be, you know, a cash-based uh, consult, right? All cash-based. Now, we can order all the labs we want, but insurance companies do not recognize us as practitioners, so no insurance is paid for any of the labs we do. It's all cash. Now, sometimes if patients want to use the insurance, then we'll have their doctor write an order for it, like a GI map, for instance. Uh, I think they're about $379, $89. And we'll do 230 or 40 this year and last year. I don't have the final number yet, but it was in that range. And they're almost 400 bucks a piece. So do the math. I mean, that's a lot of money just in one test. And, and the point I'm trying to get across to people is it's not that we are anything special. Everybody that can do it's nothing that we've done that's that's I didn't I didn't invent anything I'm telling you. All this I've learned from somebody else. And so Every pharmacist out there can do this at whatever level they choose. They don't have to go in and get a full fellow in functional medicine and do, you know, these in-depth consults. You can just pick one or two supplements and increase your sales and help your patients just with one or two. Awesome. So uh, getting a little short on time, but I wanted to talk gut health a little bit with you. Um, how much coffee and uh, whiskey and spicy food do you recommend to regulate your gut health? <laughs> because I think about that sometimes, like my gut must be a mess. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're not alone. I would say that gut problems are the number one thing that we face. I mean, think about it. The number of people on PPIs alone or H2 blockers or whatever they're doing, you artificially raise the pH of your stomach. Then it can't operate right. You can't digest correctly. You can't absorb correctly. Uh, and now you're leading yourself to H. pylori. You're leading yourself to uh, bad junctions so you can have a leaky gut. And you got to remember, your gut has a one-cell membrane. It's one cell thick. And if those junctions are in tight, it lets stuff into your bloodstream. It's not supposed to be there. If it looks like your thyroid, the proteins look like your thyroid, you got Hashimoto's. If it looks like your gut Crohn's, I mean, it's... So that's a good way to get autoimmune diseases, and that's one of the reasons they come in packs is because you let too much stuff in. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and again, uh, so uh, I'll probably really make people mad on alcohol. None is best. Uh, and, of course, after that, it's moderation. Like I have a friend that, um, you know, he, I said, it's so fine if you have a glass or two but not a bottle or two because he was a bottle <laughs> or two guy tonight. And so um, – it's all about moderation, decreasing carbs, uh, and get you know gluten. Uh, anything that's inflammatory to your gut, you need to cut down on. Coffee is fine. It's just that if you drink too anything like that, that's too much of, it's going to make your urine acidic. That's going to cause you to have an increased chance of um, of kidney stones. It'll cause you to have more chances to have other diseases. Your, your body works best when the, when you can get the pH is higher, like above seven, uh, at least get your urine to 6.75 uh, or above, uh, and that'll prevent a lot of those problems. Yeah. Um, part of the challenge with gut health is that anybody that's into functional medicine uh, loves to talk about the importance of gut health, but it's one of those things that can be kind of hard for your run of the mill patients to quantify. Um, you know, how do you, how do you go about having that conversation and, and, and letting them kind of educating the patient and, and letting them know how, how they can help and why it's important. 
Yeah, so once we develop the, you know, the questionnaires that we do, uh, or we talk to them and we find out uh, what's going on with them, we make suggestions and then we monitor that for results. A great example was a man came in one, uh, one day, I think it was on a Saturday and I was working, and he was explaining his wife had had all these gut, uh, had some kind of problem, I forgot what it was, but he has had these terrible gut problems for 20 years. He's been to every doctor, had every tube both ways, um, and nobody can help him. And he's just been miserable for 20 years. So we use a product. Um, we as two products you can give somebody to get them off of PPIs. That's really helpful for their gut. Uh, we get it from Botox Research. It's um, GIEs and GI Smooth. And you, you give it a specific way and usually one, maybe two bottles of each. So you'll take it for one or two months. Usually one month is all they need. And they're off of the PBIs. I mean, it's just terrific. And it's really healing to your gut. Uh, this particular gentleman calls me on Tuesday and is healed. He has not felt like this in 20 years and cannot believe it. And uh, as a matter of fact, because he came in and was not expecting to buy anything, I gave them to him and told him if they worked to come back and pay me. And that's what he did. Oh, wow. And and uh, and they worked so well. I mean, he was in disbelief and his gut was just normal. And uh, those are the kind of things you can make an impact on. And the, the secret sauce, Will, is just talk to your patients. All you got to do is just talk to them. And the other thing that pharmacists is, I hear this all the time. Well, I talked to one of my patients and they just weren't interested. They said no, so they give up. And you got to remember, you got to be willing to get nine no's to get one yes. And yep. that's all you have to do to get to uh, these big numbers. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, that that conversation can be can be tricky. But again, if you can tap into that that value system, you know, uh, may, maybe skip going going to uh, Texas Roadhouse this week and and take these labs instead. You'll be happier long term, <laughs> you know, uh, because it's not an insurmountable uh, amount of money for any of your patients. Uh, it's just whether or not they value. Uh, the conversation that that you're having with them as much as they value going out to eat one night this week, which, you know, everybody's doing. Amen. Amen. And um, so I guess to kind of sum it up for me, uh, going back to over 2000 years ago, Hippocrates said, if someone wishes for good health, one must first ask oneself, if he is ready to do away with the reasons for his illness, only then is it possible to help him. And the reason that I said that is, is that our, all of us that's on the front lines talking to your patients, you can't help everybody. Everybody doesn't want to be helped. I mean, I have a cousin that is 300 pounds and five foot six. And I said, man, you know, he says, I don't care. I like my life and I don't mind being fat. If I die early, so be it. I like the way I live. Well, he doesn't wish for good health. So I can't help everybody, but it is your job to help your patients become healthy, not just fill prescriptions. It is not your job to figure out what your patients can afford. Just think if, if your lawyer decides not to tell you information because he didn't think you could afford to do it. So he decides not to tell you. Well, that's just malpractice. It's wrong. So we need to tell our patients the best things for them. And it's up to them to figure out what to spend their money on. And it's your job to present healthy solutions for your patients and optimize their health. That's the only reason we should be in business is to optimize our patient's health. Yeah, I think you can take that quote um, back on, on the pharmacy business side as well. If you're uh, an independent pharmacy that's struggling with margins and struggling with uh, – you know, your your bottom line at the end of the year, looking back at 2022, maybe, um, you know, how can you improve that in 2023? You're going to have to make some changes. <laughs> it's funny. Working on my 2023 budget right now, <laughs> and, and a big part of it is to increase our OTC sales this coming year. And uh, it's 50% margins. And so I don't mind doing more prescriptions. I used to not want to, but that gives me more opportunities to do more of what really makes money. And so um, it's sad to say, but if you change your mindset 
to healthier patients equal healthier profits, that's what it should be about. So you're making a lot more money, but you're getting paid. If, if you were a CPA or uh, an attorney, you usually you have 300 to 500 people because that's all you can really take care of properly. If you had that same mindset and you're getting paid $200, $300 an hour to take care of those patients, well, that should be our business model. Uh-huh. And, um, and that can be within our retail pharmacy so that you're not getting paid for commodity that your income is tied to that always goes down in price and then you whine about it. Yeah, that's that's a good way to look at uh, going into 2023. I forget it's only a, a couple days in, so uh, I'm going to let you get back to it. I know it's a busy time in the pharmacy these first few days of the year, but thank you so much for joining me. Uh, I want to check in with you in a few months. Shoot me an email when you get your uh, your 2023 plans together. I'd love to see what uh, what you have planned and what you're willing to share. Oh, absolutely. So. Um... We're going we're gonna to grow about a million dollars this coming year. That's the goal. I'm going to put that down as a personal goal for myself as well. <laughs> million dollars in sales. So, um, you know, it's a big goal. I have two stores. And so we're going to get there. All right. Well, best of luck. Thanks for joining us. And we'll talk soon. Uh, it's fun, Will. Take care, buddy. Thank you for listening to this episode of Beyond the Scripts, presented by the Catalyst Pharmacy Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please support our channel by liking, subscribing, and clicking the notification bell so that you'll be notified anytime we post new content. To stay up to date with all of the latest independent pharmacy news and content, follow PioneerRx on your preferred social media platform. 